0: Are you recording now? <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. Hello, and welcome back to This Is Gonna Sound Weird. I am one of your hosts, Sydney. I'm your other host, Taylor. And uh, I hope that you got your taxes done so you don't go to jail. <laughs> uh, and I hope you did them correctly. Ooh. Um, the the government got me for some money i owed this year and i said oh in in what world so i just paid it and i'm I'm gonna probably get somebody to crunch these numbers later because i'd like to know why is the government such thieving <laughs> uh i did my taxes
1: i did um a little while ago uh i don't know if i did them correctly i mean you know, I didn't try to take no, I always think, if, if I don't try to take no deductions or nothing like that, you know, I don't try to, you know, put in all this and that. I'm just hoping that, you know, if I just keep it real simple, we'll be fine. Um, also, if I sound a little weird today, folks, we've had technical difficulties. My microphone that I've had for, I don't know, I guess almost four years now has crapped out on me. Uh, so hopefully by next week I'll have me a new one. Um, I think I'm going to get a white one this time. The mm-hmm. same kind of microphone. We use that blue snowball microphone.
0: Yeah, ironically enough, it is called with no microphone, but um, they only come in black and white. They do. They do.
1: But they're cheap. Maybe that's why it crept out. But it's been working fine for the past, I don't know,
0: however many years. Yeah, I would say, listen, if you are in the market to start a podcast... Or perhaps, you know, start a recording business. I would recommend these. This is not sponsored, but I think it, I think we sound pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm using the, my MacBook microphone. So, if my laptop starts doing that whoo sound, then I'm going to have to switch to my headphone microphones. And these headphones are from Walmart. They're $20. So, it's not great, but, you know, we'll make it through. You'll li- you all will live. Gosh, this is free content. Get off my back.
0: And if you're paying for it, I'd like to know. <laughs> Somebody
1: scamming you.
0: Where is the money going? Because it's not going to us. <laughs> and speaking of scams, that's the theme this week. It is. So this week we're talking about scams. Mm-hmm. Um, not really. Uh, it's not. I guess it. That's not really true crime, because I I feel like true crime is normally murder, but it is a crime to scam people, and and it truly be happening. outside. You you yourself could be a victim of a scam.
1: And I would argue that some of these uh, scams, I mean, obviously a scam can lead to a murder true crime, depending on, you know, how badly it goes. Mine does not, but I could see how it could get there, potentially.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, if you think that you've been wronged, I could see somebody just turning to murder to get, yeah. you know, something back, get revenge. Yeah, which sadly, at least the people in my story, they get scammed, which
1: happens a lot, are just mostly really vulnerable people who uh, probably aren't going to have the means or desire to go
0: murder or get revenge. Mm. Yeah. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of a sidebar just before we start. Okay. Because I meant to bring this up at the top of the episode. But I have started to watch the Hulu original show, Girl from Plainville, which if you're unfamiliar Mm. with, it is basically a retelling of the Michelle Carter uh, Mm -hmm. suicide uh, text case where she basically... Pressured her boyfriend at the time to commit suicide, and she, Mm -hmm. you know, it goes through the case. It, I was talking to my boyfriend about this yesterday, and I just think it is absolutely insane like to do that to someone that you claim to love. Oh, yeah, and
1: I want I haven't watched that, I was actually thinking about watching that, but. It was 2020 or something. You can get like 2020 episodes on Hulu. And they recently did one on her. And they mentioned the new documentary in the episode. And I had actually, I remember hearing about that story in one of my um, law school classes. It was like my torts class, which is where you like civil suits. And I thought it was so weird at the time. And now though, listening to it like this, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I I highly doubt he would have done that if she hadn't have literally been like, do it, do it. And also, they weren't, like, really dating from what I, like, they were kind of dating, but, like, not really. It was very odd.
0: Yeah, I haven't, I've never watched a documentary on it, so I'd like to, I'd like to watch one. But so far, there's only two episodes out. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely, like, they had only, like, met, like, once or twice in person, but, like, most of the relationship was via, like, Text and call but yeah in the text messages he's like you know I don't think I should be doing this this doesn't feel right and she just is very insistent like you should do this you should do this which like for someone who already was struggling with mental health is just insane I just don't know why she was pushing him to do it like what was she gonna
1: gain from that like not that if you gain something it will be good but like
0: What would be the point at all? I don't... Yeah. So, I'm on episode two. And she definitely, as soon as it happens, she sort of uses it as a way to gain, like, attention. Mm. So, she, like, hosts a not... Like, a a fundraiser in his Mm. honor. But she kind of makes it more about her. So she definitely they're painting it as if she has a very narcissistic personality so i'd be yeah. interested to do some more research on the case and see like if that you know if if a psychologist has analyzed her and seen that that is you know her sort of personality but yeah. i would recommend um El fanning is Um, who is playing Michelle, and her acting is really good. And whoever, I don't, I just want to say, whoever is doing the hair and makeup over at Hootloo, they they deserve an Emmy because she looks just like Michelle Carter in that show. And uh, when they made Lily Allen look like Pamela Anderson for Pam and Tommy, I mean she looked just like it. So if you do the hair and makeup for you know Hulu and you're listening, I just want you to say good <laughs> on you. Employee of the year. Uh yeah, it uh she really does look just
1: like her. Like when I was watching the documentary, I couldn't figure out whether some of the like scenes they were showing were from the show or what was taken like in the courtroom because they look so similar. Mhm. Yeah. I've been watching Will and Grace, and I watched the Ultimatum on Netflix. If you haven't watched the Ultimatum on Netflix, it is trashy. It is problematic in a weird way, but you gotta watch it. It's uh, about these couples who go in they give each other an ultimatum because they think uh, they're gonna one of wants to get engaged, the other one don't. But they go in and they live with another person for three weeks, and they move back in with each other. It's messy, but my goodness, is it entertaining!
0: Absolutely. I love Trash TV. Married at First Sight is absolute masterpiece. Yeah, and this show, The Ultimatum, is the same people who make
1: Love is Blind. Um, So, yeah. Say less. It's a must-watch. Anyways,
0: are we ready for me to get to my story? Yes, please tell me about a time when someone scammed another person. I will. And
1: luckily for everyone, my story this week is not as long. I did that on purpose, because last week... I tortured everyone with my voice for a very long time. When I had to edit last week, I was tired of
0: listening to my own dang voice. So. God. Thank you. Just last week was absolute agony. So <laughs> just keep it real brief. Oh. So I'm doing mine on the
1: general topic of romance scams, which is kind of like catfishing, but for like a very specific purpose. So. These are my sources counteringcrime.org. Uh, the article was criminals exploit social media for romance scams, FBI.gov. It was romance scams, a Tampa Bay times article by Christopher Spata or I think it's probably Spata and consumer FTC.gov. What you need to know about romance scams. Now I'm going to say my sources this week were actually pretty official. They were all like FTC and like FBI websites. So yeah, except for the Tampa Bay times. Um, so according to fbi.gov a romance scam is when a criminal adopts an online fake identity to gain a victim's trust and affection so once the scammer gets that trust and affection of the victim they use the relationship to manipulate and or steal from the victim and usually they're gonna steal money so these scammers are very believable and they're active on pretty much all social media sites um i know a lot of them are active on like Places like Match.com and stuff like that, where maybe the older no. folks
0: will be. No, um, not harmony. Yeah. not yeah. Farmers Only.
1: <laughs> so the scammers always pretty much have like a typical process. They'll try to establish a very close relationship really quickly. And a lot of times they'll actually propose marriage to the victim. Uh, and then they'll make plans to meet them, but they never do. So once this close relationship is formed and the two are committed and a lot of times committed in an engagement, uh, the scammer will then start asking for money. And this stuff usually happens in like probably the course of a few weeks, maybe over a couple months, but it's very quickly. And a lot of times these scammers will be pretty believable because they'll tell their victims that they work in an industry that, sh- that does a lot of work outside of the United States. And that's why they can't be in person. Um, and I feel like a lot of people that are scammed are in the United States. Um, so also the industries that they tell the victims that they work in are usually dangerous or high profile. Some of them include working on an oil rig. They're in the military. One was they're a doctor in an international organization. And so a lot of times their first ask will be like for medical emergencies. You know, they'll be like, oh, God, I have this medical emergency. I just need some help. And a lot of times they'll kind of just be like, you know, I can't get to my funds right now because I'm out of the country, blah, blah, blah. Or they'll ask for an unexpected legal fee or travel costs or visas or, you know, stuff like that. And sometimes the scammers will want the money like wired to them. But most of the time, they're not going to ask for the money to be sent through an actual bank. They're going to ask for the money to be given in gift cards. And they'll do this so mm. it can't be traced and it can be turned into cash. And also, uh, you, you can reload like the gift cards. Which, if anybody's asking you for money in gift cards, don't do it. Unless it's your grandkid asking for a gift card for Christmas, do not do it. And make sure it's actually your grandkids. See them face-to-face. Have them ask you face-to-face.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because let me tell you. So, my mama at Thanksgiving told us a story of how one day she was minding her business and someone called and claimed to be her grandson and that he needed help because he had been in a real bad accident Um, and... She was like, "What?" and he was like, "Don't you don't you recognize your own grandson?" And she was like, "I don't have a gra- I don't have a grandson." And uh, if you know anything about uh, my family, we do not refer to my maga as grandma. She is maga. Uh-huh. Everyone refers to her as that. So yeah,
1: damn. Which the crazy thing is, they probably called your maga, and then that didn't work out, and then they probably just went down a list. Until they found Mm -hmm. somebody who was bound to have a grandson that, you know, calls them, blah, blah, blah. And then that person they probably were able to get something out of. Yeah, one time my step-grandpa got a call from this person, knew one of his grandson's names. And was like, this is so-and-so and I need help, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, he thought that it might be real, but luckily he didn't do anything then. And he ended up calling my stepdad and he was like, yeah, no, that is not real. So, this shit is wild. Wild. Absolutely, buck wild. And so, and a lot of times, this is crazy. A lot of times on those calls, too, even the ones where you're like, I'm your grandson. I'm in trouble. I need some money right now. They'll be like, but I'm going to need all the money in gift cards. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, but if they catch you in a low spot and you, you know, you're old, you don't know no better. I mean, they might get Absolute. me.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I just think they, they're doing too much trying to get these senior citizens because, I mean, I know plenty of senior citizens that can't even remember their password to their, you know, their email. So How do you expect them to get you some gift cards?
1: Yeah. But um, my next point is these scammers mostly target vulnerable people, which is usually the elderly, or a lot of times they'll target people who have recently lost their spouses or children. So basically they target lonely people because these are specific, you know, romance scams. So they're trying to, you know, find a companion. Now, according to the FBI's Internet Com- Internet Crime Complaint Center, romance scams have quadrupled since 2021. So in 2022, they have, like, quadrupled, which is oh, wild. Um. And the FBI Complaint Center has also found that in 2020 alone, the scams resulted in 600 million in losses. And this number is actually probably pretty low compared to the actual amount of losses, um, because a lot of people are too embarrassed or in shame or ashamed to admit that they were scammed like this. So that's a lot of money that people are just giving up to these scammers. Now. These scams obviously usually involve theft, you know, theft of money um, and theft of identity, but they have a lot like, you know, larger ramifications for the victims because these scams are crimes of manipulation, extortion and identity theft. So they result in financial loss and they have a severe impact on the victim emotionally. And, like I said, these scams not only target the people who are, you know, having to fork over the money, but it's also identity theft because, as we know from the show Catfish, a lot of times they'll steal these pictures off of the internet and use them, and then there's a person out there who doesn't even know that, you know, their is being used for these nefarious purposes. My pictures would never be used. I'm not pretty enough for that. God. Which also I think on these, a lot of these type of scams, especially on like MASH.com and stuff, I don't, I think a lot of times they may use more like stock photos. You can just kind of find on the first couple pages of Google rather than taking pictures from, you know, like an influencer's Instagram and trying to make a whole, you know, page. Mm -hmm. But the authorities uh, believe that most of these scammers operate out of West Africa and particularly out of Nigeria. In one uh, group of these scammers, so these scammers are, like, a lot of them are in groups. It's not just, like, one dude. They, like, have these whole operations. In one group calls themselves the Yahoo Boys. And they call themselves this because when they first started scamming, uh, they used Yahoo Messenger to do so. But now they (laughs) are very tech savvy, which helps run these successfully.
0: Now they're the Google Boys. (laughs) The, the, The Google Guys which I'd
1: heard the Yahoo boys term before because I watch a lot of 90 day fiance and I can't remember if it was Angela and Michael. I think it was actually baby girl, Lisa and her boyfriend, soldier boy, not the soldier boy you're thinking of. Um, mm-hmm. They were talking right, about right. Yahoo boys and that, I guess that at first they thought that he was, which soldier boy dude pretty sure his name is Soldier Boy he's like a singer in like Nigeria and her family thought that he was a Yahoo boy which I mean if your mom if your 50 year old mom says that she is dating a 20 year old rapper from Nigeria on the internet I mean that is you know that's not believable but it was true it was true mm. Uh, They didn't make it in the end, but uh, he found him another lady from America, and I don't know what happened to them because I haven't finished that season, but I'll get back to y'all. And sorry if that was a spoiler for everybody. Keep us updated. God. (laughs) So that was just kind of an overview of how romance scams work. And, I mean, most people who are on the Internet and watch TV know about these type of scams Um, because, you know, even like on the show Catfish, obviously these – People will do something like this when they get money out of people. Um, but I want to tell you a couple stories of people who have been victims of these scams. Now, this first story, there was a video on the FBI like website that I was on. And I watched the video and it was so sad. Um, and it was only like a minute long, but this is kind of what happened. So 81-year-old Glenda met the love of her life online in 2014. He told her that he was a citizen of the United States, but he happened to live in Nigeria. He said that he needed some money to help with his business and to help him leave Nigeria. And she, and she was fine with giving him money to like help him do this. But then he started asking for some more sketchy things for her to do. So she, in, the whole, in the video she kept calling him her lover and it was sad because she's like 80 something years old and she's talking about how this guy she fell in love with. Um, but he had people send her cell phones. And she was instructed to pawn these cell phones and then send him the money. Uh, but apparently she wasn't able to give this money to him. And so then he asked her to start opening up bank accounts. And she opened up personal and business bank accounts. And he was turning her into a quote money mule, which is somebody who, you know, transfers or moves money illegally, um, For somebody else. But she had no idea what was going on. And this one was wild. Because like it wasn't like she was just sending him money. Like he was having her do these like illegal money transactions.
0: Oh baby girl no. Yeah.
1: And so the craziest part is though. She said that her bank. And local police and authorities. Like figured out what was going on. And they told her. They were like you're being scammed. And they told her if she continued sending this money. And doing what this. Guy said, then she could end up going to jail because she was, you know, doing illegal activity. But she was like, no, she didn't believe the police when they said that. And she had been so manipulated at that point, she just believed everything that this scammer was telling her. And she continued to move the money and do this. And she did it for about oh, five wow. years. <laughs> and uh, the crimes caught up to her, though. And in 2021, this 81-year-old lady or 80-year-old lady pled guilty to two federal felonies. And that is where the video ended. I don't know if she has to go to jail (laughs) or what. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, this just goes to show how convincing these people are because I assume that the police, I mean, they didn't, you know, know for sure that that was what was going on, but I think they were like, this is most likely what's going on. And they were probably like, if this is true and you keep doing this, then you could, you know, you know, do time. But I'm sure the, her, like, you know, her boyfriend or whatever on the other side was like, no, everything's fine. They're being crazy, blah, blah, blah. I love you. Why would I do that to you? And, uh, yeah. So, this 80-year-old had to plead guilty to two federal felonies because of the her romance scam.
0: God, that reminds me of this uh, Dr. Phil episode mm-hmm. where this woman is like so manipulated by this scammer that like she has given like thousands upon thousands of dollars to this man that doesn't really exist and her family comes on they're trying to tell her that she's being scammed she refuses to believe them it's like tearing the family apart like it's mm, let me tell you it's wild i mean these people really will hold
1: on to it hardcore so, here's another woman who fell victim to one of these scams. Her name was Evelyn. She was from Florida. She had recently retired to Tampa Bay after having a career traveling the U.S. as a manager of a large tech company, and she had been divorced um, years earlier. And as such, she was on Match.com. And this one is interesting because this is like a... She seems like, you know, a savvy woman. She works for a big like a tech company so you know it's not just the old 80 year old ladies who are getting scammed it could happen to anybody so she met a man on match.com named robert wilson robert was 62 and somewhat of a silver fox he uh, was fit he was a cosmopolitan type and he was an engineer uh he told evelyn that his wife had actually passed away and he had at the time they were talking he had just wrapped up a civil infrastructure project in cape coral um and the two really hit it off they shared the same values they talked daily over the phone and by text so they actually talked over the phone um and he showered her with affection he said that he loved her in the first few weeks of talking but she said that he had like a weird kind of accent she said it sounded kind of southern but also kind of british um So I don't really know. Uh, But they couldn't meet in person, obviously, because he was traveling. Um, And, you know, Evelyn, she kind of, it seems like she kept her guard up a little bit because she said that, you know, she didn't want to tell him that she loved him like he was saying to her, but she thought the two could have a future. They even talked about getting married and going to the Bahamas to get married. And they kept talking over the next few months. And that's when Robert started asking her for money. And within the next six months, Evelyn had completely emptied her 401k in a loan to Robert. And it was about $204,000 that she had sent to him. But it turns out Robert was not Robert. Robert was actually a team of organized criminals running the romance scam out of Nigeria. Which I'm curious if that's why maybe she found the, the accent she couldn't maybe pin down. Because I feel like they were probably trying to put on an American accent. um, And then that mixed with their actual Nigerian accent kind of created this unusual vibe. Maybe they were trying to do a southern accent and it just didn't work out. So I feel like when you think America, that's what you do. If you're, like, from another country, you try to do southern. Yeah. Like, Texas.
0: But, uh, Texas. But I've also heard that, like, modern day... Southern is what like British people originally sounded like. Oh, yeah. Like. So, I also wonder if it's like, you know, they're trying to get it down and they just can't. You know, so they're kind of teetering on that line.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But so, she depleted her 401k and uh, that wasn't the extent of the financial difficulty because now she owed an additional 500, nope, sorry fifty thousand dollars in taxes and her social security check dropped by 500 a month because when she withdrew i guess all this money the government considered it as income to her so it's like she had to pay taxes on the income that she took out and i guess since she has an income coming in her social security check isn't going to be as much and because of this she was not able to pay her bills she had to take out a reverse mortgage to help pay her bills, and she had to come out of retirement to go work a job in a retail store. And mind you, she used to work for like a big technology company. Has to come out to work in a retail job to get back on her feet.
0: Oh God. She
1: said that she lost everything from this and that she will be dealing with this for the rest of her life. Um and obviously not only was she financially victimized, she was emotionally victimized, and she says she has no trust in dating. And she has just accepted being alone.
0: That got dark very quickly.
1: Yeah. It's just kind of sad. Now, to round us off, I'm going to give you a a list of how to avoid being scammed. I mean, this comes directly Mm -hmm. from the FBI website. So, here we go. Be careful of what you post and make public online. Scammers will use the details you share to better understand and target you, just like uh stores do companies do uh you know research this person's picture and profile uh you know like they do on catfish do an image search look up their name their details all that stuff this says go slowly and ask lots of questions which i feel like this is an important one because they try to get you you know to fall in love real quick but you need to you need to slow it down if you're talking to somebody uh beware if the person seems too perfect or quickly ask you to leave off of the dating site or social media site that you're in. Uh, beware if the individual attempts to isolate you from your friends and family. Or request inappropriate photos or financial information that could later be used to extort you. Just don't give nobody your financial information. And don't send nobody no dirty photos. That, that'll always wait, be Wait, wait, wait.
0: Are you trying to tell me that I shouldn't have sent that person... A naked picture of me holding my social security card. Which is <laughs> actually what I am saying. Oh, oh
1: i have to make a call real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to go you gonna have to go to the FBI and get that scrubbed. Um beware if the individual promises to meet you in person, uh but then comes up with excuses why they can't. Um, obviously if you watch catfish, this is always a red flag. And never yeah. ever Or if they don't want to FaceTime. Yeah, or even call you on the phone. Sometimes they're not even going to call you on the phone. And obviously, in these cases, a lot of times, if they say they're, like, you know, American, they're probably not going to call you on the phone unless they can get a guy on their phone who they think can fake a good American accent. Um, Mm -hmm. And never send money to anyone you've only communicated with online or on the phone. So, but if you think you are a part of a romance scam, You can report it to the FTC at reportfraud.ftc.gov, or you can report it directly to the website or dating app or dating service that you met the scammer on. Um, Now, with reporting it to the dating apps and such, I do know that there's not that much that they may do, but it's always worth a shot. But that is romance scams. Don't fall into the trap, people. Don't give nobody no money. Just don't give nobody no money. You need it probably yourself. You need it more than they do. Unless you want to give, you know, somebody on the street who needs a dollar, a dollar.
0: This is true. I mean, inflation is just too ridiculous for you to be giving your 401k out. Yeah, that is wild. Just wild. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, thank you for that.
1: You're welcome. And if anybody's like, why didn't she talk about the Tinder swindler on this? I've watched the Tinder swindler, but I feel like that could be a whole story in and of itself that we could tell on this show. So, yeah. And I was more focused on, like, normal people, like, an everyday way you could get scammed. Because I feel like that was, like, a crazy, like, off-the-wall story. But these are just, like, regular people who just, like,
0: happened to fall into something bad. I feel that the stories you told are a bit more realistic than the Tinder Swindler. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to shift gears. Mine is rather than you know regular everyday people getting scammed i'm turning the tables i'm talking about a multi million some may even say billion dollar company getting scammed themselves oh the dubbies all right so my sources i did vulture.com and biometrica.com so in 1987 McDonald's introduced the Monopoly game, which was a promotion created by Simon Marketing, which I did not realize is the same company that created the Happy Meal. I guess that Um, the Happy Meal in itself is like a marketing scheme. Makes sense. The McDonald's Monopoly game, if you are unfamiliar, requires customers to buy certain menu items. And basically you peel the little sticker off of, say... You know, like a Coke, large Coke or a large, yeah, it's got to be a large <laughs> Coke. It's got to be a large fry, whatever it is. Uh, so you peel a little sticker off of these different menu items. And the goal is to collect different Monopoly properties because different stickers will have different properties on it. And once you've collected certain ones, you can redeem them for cash prizes. But there are some stickers that are considered instant winners. And If you peel them off, you could receive things like, you know, it could be something simple like a free Coke, you know, free French fry, whatever. Or it could be something big like a car, a vacation, you know, a million dollars, whatever it is. And so they debut it in 1987 and it proves to be a pretty big hit. It actually ends up boosting McDonald's sales by 40%. Damn.
1: And they Which, really you know, needed that. Get that.
0: Yeah, they needed that. <laughs> um, Got to pay the bills somehow. Yeah. I heard the CEO was struggling.
1: He uh, <laughs> he can only afford maybe three or four Ferraris rather than his usual seven or eight. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know nothing about CEO of McDonald's. But I
0: highly doubt he's listening to this. Or she. I, or they. Or whoever. Yeah. Or, or them. You know, I doubt that they're listening. Um, but if you are, hey... You know, y'all's ass coffee's banging. I ain't gonna lie. It, yeah, <laughs> it is. But y'all need y'all need to stop adding so much damn milk. Mm-hmm. Like it's, sometimes it's just like a cup of milk. That's why I do it black. Try it black. It's good black. It ain't too strong. It ain't I,
1: like I, Starbucks where it just. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I've had to try drinking it black just because last time I got it, it was a straight up cup of milk, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What is this?"
1: You get used to it black. It's good. Y'all should try it out there.
0: Yeah. But well, they should make the shamrock shake year-round. <laughs> you know, boost sales 40%. And McDonald's knew that fraud was going to be a possibility just because, you know, well, who don't want to win a million dollars? So they hired the Dittler Brothers printing firm that specialized in U.S. stamps and lottery tickets to make Ooh. the little Monopoly pieces to go on the, like, the Cokes and such. So the firm created the winning pieces with intentional imperfections and watermarks that were only visible under, like, black lights Mm -hmm. so that you could not duplicate. And the winning Monopoly pieces were kept in a vault, locked away, that could only be accessed by entering a special code. And once the pieces were ready to be distributed onto, like, the Cokes and the Big Macs and stuff, they would be placed in an envelope with a special tamper-proof seal that could only be opened by one employee. And that one employee was Jerome, a.k.a. Jerry Jacobson, who was a former Florida cop and director of security at Simon Marketing and who happened to oversee the production of the Monopoly pieces and would personally deliver the winning pieces to the factory where they were then distributed to be placed onto different cups and french fry containers and such. That's a lot of work. I know. I envision him with like a little briefcase, you know, Hold and then inside stickers. a briefcase. There's, there's like a, a manila envelope, you know, with this sticker on. Yeah. But knowing the ins and outs of the system jacobson figured out ways to steal some of the pieces and in a weird you know happenstance thing a supplier actually ended up accidentally sending him a package of those Hiro, um those excuse me the holographic little tamper proof stickers that mm-hmm. went on the envelopes um that carried the different pieces so now he's like ah oh, that everything's falling into place. No one knows I got these stickers, so it's on. Thanks. So he starts giving his stepbrother, Marvin Braun, a $25,000 winning sticker. Because his stepson had a different last name than him. Mm. So he mm. thought, you know, maybe there will not be much super uh, suspicion that, you know, this prize had been won. And it worked. His son got the money, you know. So he's like, man, I wonder if we could do this again. Mm-hmm. Jacob, or sorry, Jacob Sin decides he's going to continue on with this scam. So he enlists other acquaintances who would play, pay him, like, the prize money. So he would give them the ticket, they would win, and they would give him a portion of their winnings mm-hmm. as an incentive. So... Jacobson meant Gennaro, a.k.a. Jerry, very popular name. <laughs> so many Col- Jerry's. Colum- yeah. Columbo, who was a descendant of Joseph Columbo, who was the famous mob boss oh. from the seventies oh, who the film The Irishman is based off. Oh. So just envision like a big, you know, Italian New Yorker mob boss kind of guy. So, Columbo ran a series of uh, strip clubs and illegal gambling businesses in South Carolina. So, Jacobson gave Columbo a winning ticket for a Dodge Viper. And soon, Columbo was recruiting multiple, aka, you know, quote, winners a.k.a. his friends and family by giving them winning tickets where they would share the profits with Columbo and Jacobson. And these two, they became good old pals, Jacobson and Columbo, um, as they continued to scam McDonald's out of millions of dollars worth of prizes. Uh, They became so close that Columbo actually ended up referring to Jacobson as Uncle Jerry. And Columbo lived lavishly with his winnings. He continued to invest in strip clubs uh, and just basically ball out. However, that would end when Columbo died in a car accident Mm -hmm. alongside the South Carolina-Georgia border. This, however, did not stop Jacobson from continuing on with his scam. He instead met Don Hart, who was a Georgia man that Jacobson met while on a cruise. And Hart introduced Jacobson to Richard Kotoro and Anderson Glom, who then joined their scheme. Cotoro, uh would give his Monopoly pieces away at parties, which I'm, if I was Jacobson, I'd be like, we're going to have to cut this. I gotta cut this. They're getting too big for their britches. Yeah, they're getting too You can't just let anybody in no. on your scam. No, especially,
1: you know, especially when it's like a big company like McDonald's involved. Because when it mm-hmm. does come out, it ain't gonna be pretty.
0: Mm mm. Because at this point, it seems like he just found, like, a a random friend, you know, that he met at a cruise, (laughs) and that this guy came back to his hometown and was like, yeah, I got these two guys that kind of hang out by the corner store Mm -hmm. that, you know, I think could help. They like doing sketchy shit. Yeah.
1: Mm -mm. Not a good idea, Mm -mm. boys.
0: Yeah. So, um, Glom would give his pieces out to people who were, quote, in dire need of funds which um, basically just meant people who had committed crimes and needed to get out on bond. Oh, <laughs> oh. But finally, Jacobson recruited Dwight Baker, who was a Mormon real estate developer who had injured his spine in a tractor accident, and now owned, oh, excuse me, owed several thousands of dollars in back taxes, and his family had actually already been playing the Monopoly game with McDonald's. Like, they were going to McDonald's collecting these pieces Mm -hmm. just in hopes that they would win so they could get out of this debt. So, Baker ended up setting up fake residence and accounts for his foster son, his sister-in-law, and other friends so it would appear as if they had lived in different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what... Jacobson had been doing from the beginning because I mean it would just be very suspicious to be like man a lot of people in New Jersey won this year yeah,
1: and they know each other and are family members
0: wild yeah so on this point Jacobson had become a bit overconfident you know a little bit too big for his Mm britches he had been doing this for so long it had become so easy for him so how he would do it is uh, he would swap out the winning tickets with fake ones. And those fake ones would then be sent to the factory to be distributed throughout the country mm-hmm. on the cups and, and, you know, the French fry things. While in the airport, he, so he would have the envelope with the real ones in, he would go to the bathroom um, and he would switch the real tickets with the fake tickets, put a new sticker on. And continue on with his travels like nothing happened. Unfortunately, the FBI was becoming aware of Jacobson's operations. And in 2000, the FBI received an anonymous tip that three recent Monopoly winners were all connected to a mysterious man named Uncle Jerry. (laughs) So, the more agents thought about the possibility of a Monopoly winner the more interesting the idea of fraud became. The odds of winning, just winning a prize in general, was like one in 250 million. Uh And the odds of three people being connected and all winning was virtually impossible. Yeah. So the FBI planted undercover agents dressed as a production crew to film the suspicious jackpot winners retelling their stories of winning. So they basically was set up like they were like a camera crew and they'd be like, Oh, could you just tell us, you know, about the moment that you won. <laughs> and these people were just talking out of their ass. Oh, no. These, I mean, these interviews were full of obvious lies and gave the FBI plenty of evidence to move forward with the case. <laughs> and in 2001, the FBI instructed McDonald's to delay sending out the prize money to winners. And this then caused these fake winners to panic, mm-hmm. and with their phones tapped, they you know inadvertently told the FBI all about their scam. Ooh. so you know they would be like, "Oh shit, you know I'm supposed to get this money, I ain't getting this money." So they call each other, like, "What's going to happen, man? You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. Where's my money? Oh!" And so these people are freaking out. They're just telling the FBI everything. Oh, Lord. You know, Little FBI agent sitting with his headphones in, listening to every word. So, on August 22nd, 2001, the FBI arrested Jacobson Glom, Hoover Baker, Baker's wife, and sister in law. While 51 other people were indicted in the case, Jacobson pled guilty and was sentenced to three years in prison in order to pay $12.5 million in restitution. Which, honestly, Shoot. that doesn't sound like that. That don't sound too bad. Like, like he's been doing this for years. He had been doing this since, like, you know, yeah, how the long early 90s. It? I don't understand how just he, he got away to... with it for that long. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just he got greedy. I think he probably, what I probably would have done is I probably would have done it for a couple years and I cut quits.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I wouldn't have brought so many people in on it. I would have kept it to myself. Shoot. I mean, I think the, the you know, having a member of the mafia, not too bad because they already, you know. Yeah. They already know how to not get caught doing criminally stuff, so. But. but I don't, I think the real kicker is when they brought those fellows from Georgia in from the cruise. Yeah. I mean, Mm-mm. you know, you got your real friends and you got your vacation friends. Your vacation friends are the random people you meet on vacation, you mm-hmm. hang out with them, you have a great time, but you do not engage with them in real life. No, yeah, no. And like, I
1: had, I met some vacation friends last year, they were like, come on down and visit us where we live, we'll have fun, blah, 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 and you'll be like, oh yeah, that sounds so fun, blah, 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 but I ain't never gonna go visit them. It ain't, you know, it ain't that I don't like them, but I don't know them. I barely
0: know them. Mm-mm. No. What What is a few days on a carnival cruise <laughs> in the grand scheme of things? Not much. Nothing. No. But that is not the only crazy thing that happened. Over 1,000 Burger King franchises filed a class action lawsuit against McDonald's for false advertisement and unfair promotion for knowingly running this Monopoly game while it was compromised. What? But did they know it was compromised? How did the lawsuit end up? Well, Burger King evidently, evidently, you know, they eventually dropped it. But, I mean, I kind of was like, do they really have a case? But I guess at some point when McDonald's and the FBI got involved, McDonald's had to have known that it was compromised, you know, or else they wouldn't have let the FBI continue on with the investigation. Yeah, that's
1: true. I'm sure there was some... It was probably some real particular legal thing. Also, Burger King might have just done that to uh, bring some PR onto themselves. Be like, "Look, we're here trying to keep y'all
0: consumers safe. Come eat some burgers." Absolutely. Um, Which I mean, I don't think that's really gonna help. Um, Every time I go down past a Burger King, it just looks like a ghost town. I don't know who's keeping them afloat. Same with the Arby's. I don't either. I was what now? I do like Arby's.
1: Um, I don't go that often because it's kind of expensive but I was watching because they have the meats I was watching Good Mythical Morning the other day you know on YouTube and they was doing a what was it a chicken sandwich like taste test or whatever and they were trying spicy chicken sandwiches and they were just gushing over this Burger King chicken King sandwich I never tried it Brandon apparently went and tried it and he said it wasn't nothing special and so I don't know if they had just got like a particularly good one that day but the chicken sandwich may be good i couldn't say though i don't
0: know i'd like to try it just to see i think it is of the you know it's that same thing where when everyone was just absolutely shitting their pants over the kfc nashville hot chicken <gasps> um i know it's not good and you cannot convince me i've had nashville hot chicken i don't like it and either. KFC, I'm going on record and saying KFC has not been good since the early 2000. I, I guess we've lost that secret blend of herbs and spices because you know, it, ain't, it ain't as good as it once was. You know
1: they don't even do tater wedges no more? It's french fries. Oh. oh, I can't get behind it. Why would they get rid of the one thing that keeps them apart from every other chicken joint? Their tater wedges.
0: God dang it. Mm. I mean if they ever get rid of the KFC famous bowl, yeah. they ought to, they just might as well close up shop. Yeah, the last time I ate KFC I got the famous bowl. I
1: mean it's still good. I don't I wouldn't go out of my way to get it, really though.
0: No. But uh you know, this didn't stop McDonalds entirely. They continue to run the Monopoly game for about fifteen more years, but they have not had the Monopoly promotion since 2016 in the U.S. So if you want to play the Monopoly game and, you know, try to scam McDonald's, you're going to have to do that in other countries. Damn. But if you found this interesting, I would recommend watching the documentary that is based off of this. It's called McMillions. It is pretty good. It's pretty good. They got, they interview some people. They got some characters in there. So I'd recommend. I think it is on HBO Max, and I think you can watch it on like one other streaming platform. I probably it's out there. I give it a watch. I probably watch that. I like. I watched the one. It's like a
1: movie on the the founding of McDonald's. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but it was kind of sad, kind of eye opening. Can't remember what it's called. Dang. Oh well. But yeah, I remember playing the Monopoly. I never really tried that hard, though, because I never got the large in anything. Like, I didn't never want a large fry or a large drink because that just, like, wasn't my vibe. So, I never, I remember I would get it sometimes or my, my brothers would get them. If they had it now, though, with all the large iced coffees I buy, I'd get a lot of pieces.
0: Uh Yeah, pretty much the only large thing I do get at the McDonald's is a coat, but that is just because it's a dollar. So why would I pay more when yeah. I could get like this half this half gallon of of nectar, you know, for just a dollar? Bro, really? you ever got the kids' coke at McDonald's?
1: That thing's so small it just sinks down into my cup holder and I like, can't even pull it back out. Yeah, it ain't worth it. So <laughs> you Might as well get that dollar drink. Uh, uh. Well, thank you for that scam. I feel like I've. Kind of heard of that, but I didn't know the details. I'm surprised it went on for no. so long.
0: Yeah, I, I just kind of want to be like you. You took this many precautions, you know, but you also were being scammed for this long. It took you this long to figure it out. It's kind of like I feel like mcdonald's was kind of giving themselves the titanic vibe you know like where titanic was like supposed to be the unsinkable boat and they're like we don't even got to worry about this this bitch is unsinkable yeah the bitch sunk yeah so it's kind of like well we you know they ain't going to scam us and we have all these different things in place so we can't get scammed you got scammed you You played yourself which for them in the long
1: run It didn't hurt them, clearly. They still out here slinging Big Macs,
0: slinging large Cokes and sweet teas. Well, I think that most likely the CEO, he is probably going to have to... He he probably had to sell, you know, one of his Ferraris. And now he only got three. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So, you know, if you got any money, don't send it to somebody... Don't send it to one of those Yahoo men. Send it to the CEO of McDonald's. He yeah. needs it more than us. He he's, he's really hurting these days after this Monopoly scam. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Taylor, what, what's our theme for next week? You know? um,
1: I think uh, the working title is European Eeks.
0: And that's Eek <laughs> with two E's, one K. <laughs> <laughs> we... We're racking our brain at the beginning of this episode trying to figure out what are we going to call it. Basically, it's going to be supernaturally things um, that take place in Europe. (laughs) The whole continent of Europe. Could be something spooky. And we were just trying to think of a creative title and all that could come, because I love alliteration, was European Eeks. And so there, there you have it. If you have a better recommendation of what it could be, please... Um, message us at gonna sound weird pod um, or send us an email at this is going to sound weird at gmail.com mm-hmm. we'd love to get your input on this yeah please god or you can post it in our facebook group just go into facebook and type in
1: this is going to sound weird and it'll come up um yeah so w- we'll see you here next week with european eeks it's
0: two e's one yes. k and one s <laughs> and one s <laughs> But until then, uh have a great week. Um, hope you got your taxes done. Mm-hmm. Hope the IRS doesn't arrest you. Yep. Stay weird. Goodbye. Goodbye.